And now here's Dale Clemens on the road for Cruisin' Country Radio and, of course, Radio A1A. He is our roving and sometimes raving news correspondent this week coming to you from the Cayman Islands. Yes, sir, Harry. This is old DC coming from the Cayman Islands. Sand in my uh, flip-flops, buddy. Um, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here today with our uh, flockers and Radio A1A enthusiasts. We're going to talk about something that is amazing. It's an effort that's going on right off of our shores to save the lives of children throughout the Caribbean. Today, my special guest uh, on the Radio A1A, MyWorldMeds.com health update is Jennifer McCarthy. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Dale. Jennifer's with us today. She is the manager of Have a Heart Cayman Islands. Now, before we go any further, I want to make sure you guys have this down because you're going to hear it a hundred times today. Haveaheartcayman.com. That's where I want you pointing your web browsers while you're uh, listening to Radio A1A today. But Jennifer, uh, we are so pleased to have you. You were just a, a wonderful host on my recent visit. And, you know, I would love for you today to just tell the story of Have a Heart Cayman Islands. And obviously that's going to have a lot to do with a wonderful gentleman that I had the honor of meeting by the name of Harry. So if you would. Fill our listeners in on Have a Heart Cayman Islands. Sure. Well, Have a Heart Cayman Islands, starting at where we are in this moment, is we facilitate and fund life-saving heart surgeries for children in need. So for us to do that, we have to look back at where it all started for us. Um, so I have to go back to 1999 in India. And there was a gentleman, he was waiting for his father to complete the heart surgery he was in. Um, and the surgeon was Dr. Debbie Shetty. So at this point in Dr. Shetty's career, he was already, he'd gained quite a, a lot of recognition for his skill and also for his seven years he spent as Mother Teresa's personal physician. So this gentleman named Harry Chandy was pacing the halls waiting for his father's surgery to be completed. He wasn't worried per se because he knew he was in the best of hands, but it's still unnerving. And you, having met Harry, can see how he doesn't sit still easily at the best of times. So he was walking the halls in an Indian hospital, and he says he quite literally banged into a lady, um, and they started talking, and she was there with her husband from Canada. Her husband was working, so she, well utilizing her time wisely she decided to raise funds to help children have surgery in this hospital and harry was so inspired he immediately committed to four surgeries so he personally funded four surgeries just out of uh an enthusiastic response to what this lady was doing but also wow That's as fabulous. recognition of the the surgery his dad was having yeah so he told her he'd be back and he did. He went back about four months later, and he had gathered some like-minded individuals, and they formed Have a Heart. So I can say that was in 1999, and to date, uh, they're just about ready to complete their 11,000th heart surgery. So that, uh, that entity in India has done extremely well and saved 11,000 children's lives. So it's, it's truly remarkable. Isn't it? So it's now I th all it's, all it's because amazing. Harry was inspired. 
all because he was inspired and he was in the right place at the right time. Um, and it, a lot of the have a heart story, both in India and in the Cayman Islands, sort of flows like this, where these impossible moments, these uh, seemingly surreal chance encounters have led to children's lives saved. So over the years, through that time and moving forward, Harry Shandy, who is the founder of Have a Heart in India and also in Cayman Islands, he became very close friends with Dr. Devi Shetty. Uh, Dr. Shetty's been very successful in India, and I think you've been talking a bit about that uh, on the show already this week. Absolutely. He, um, Gene was sharing. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he wanted to westernize. He wanted to prove to the West that this model of high-quality, low-cost health care was not just effective in India, but it could be transferred to the Western world and work. So in the conversations that followed and in the relationships that were already established, we were fortunate enough here in the Cayman Islands to be the first westernization of this amazing philosophy of healthcare. So when Health City was being opened, Dr. Shetty and Harry Chandy, um, and now Gene Thompson having been part of this this uh, arrangement, this relationship, they decided to open and have a heart here in the Cayman Islands. So we registered as a nonprofit, and in the past three years, we have treated 274 children. One of the things that's important to note about what Have a Heart does is these children, without the surgery, they are dying. So we're not doing elective surgeries. We're not doing simple surgeries. We're taking children who are unotherwise able to access the care they need, which can be for logistics or finances, but it's usually both. And we're providing these heart surgeries for these children at little or no cost to the families themselves. So we've been abundantly blessed um, in the last three years to really see this program growing and developing and so many little lives uh, have been changed. Well, you know, Jen, uh, not to not to beleaguer the point, but you know, the these are children that quite literally um, have a heart, and you know, your your partner at Health City, you guys are the last stop, right? There, there's no, we're going to get past this, or we're going to work through this. These children literally will die without your last stop, bus stop. It's true. Um, And very often, there are so many children. um, Congenital heart defect affects one in a hundred children. And very often, uh, those defects can be outgrown or they'll sort of heal themselves. But the children that we're taking care of are the children that that doesn't happen for. And as they get older, they get sicker. And unfortunately, they're not able to access care in the U.S. or in any other countries. And we do. We become that, that, last, that last chance. Um, and it's such a privilege to be, to be so. So I don't in any way make it, you know, there's no, there's no humor in it. But it, it's, you saw it. You were here. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say. you got to um, witness. Yeah. Yeah, to our listeners, um, you know, w- any child in need is endearing to your heart. But um, what I saw was, um, I don't know, five, six, seven-year-old kids that were um, several weeks post-op, 
and they were beautiful. They were absolutely beautiful. Now, I didn't see them pre-surgery, but, you know, I can't imagine that they were, you know, even one half as healthy and vibrant and and smiling and you know um i both both of the children I, that i met jen i think were from haiti so they were speaking they were. um mm-hmm. what, what what would be their um their creole their, creole. creole yeah and um i i'm good at eating creole but um i'm i don't speak it well <laughs> but uh, needless to say there was there was no words required was there I mean, you you were there. You no, were none. Me, and uh, they, these children were beautiful and they were vibrant. And, you know, I, I think that's something that you um, really kind of pointed out to me that gets easily bypassed. These kids aren't rolling back in to a first world neighborhood to go back to school and pick up their backpacks. They're going back into a situation that is as bad, if not worse, than when they left. So, you know, you, you, that really impacted me that you all consider make just how strong these kids need to be to be reintroduced into their natural environment. They're, you know, they're already, they're already kind of uh, fighting the heart issue, but uh, uh, that, that's just something that's easily overlooked it's, as the environment that you're actually putting these kids back into. Well, for us and what Dr. Shetty taught us was, you know, we don't play God. When a child is presented to us and has a, a heart condition that we're able to fix, that's our only job. We're not, you know, we're not social workers. We're not trying to change the world. We're trying to save one child, one heart at a time. And a lot of times when children are considered in the West, they're screened for uh, other, other defects or other um, abnormalities. Those children do not get selected. Well, let, let's, let's not too polish complicated. this. Let's not polish this, Jennifer. Um, one of the things that I, I, put, I took real personal offense to is there are particular uh, children that are dealing with other, um, if you would, um, deficits of some nature that, you know, I think we talked about Down syndrome. We did, yeah. And, and, yeah, and those so, children so don't a get child selected. that suffers from Down syndrome is going to be selectively, if you would, reduced in his chance of getting a, a heart surgery because he's Downs. Is, is that correct? Well, elsewhere, yes, but not with us. Uh, again, right, it's right. part of that idea that we don't look at, you know, we don't cherry pick the easy cases. We don't cherry pick the kids that we think will have, you know, uh, I don't want to say better outcome because obviously we pick the children that we know can recover post-surgery. But we don't look at the psychosocial components of this child's life and whittle through you know, to, to pick the cases that we think will, I'm not even sure how to explain it other than we don't cherry pick. We take the children mm-hmm. as they're presented to us. And if we're capable, if we're mm-hmm. physically able to provide the surgery that they need to live, that's what we do. Well, it's almost like a double negative because without saying it, um, what, what we're, we're passing on to our listeners today is unfortunately in other instances, that's quite common, but not at Have a Heart Cayman Islands. 
You're, you're going to take care of the children as as we possibly can. And that that comes down to the, the, the first thing I want to ask our listeners to do today is go out to haveaheartcayman.com. Stop in. You're Googling. You're searching. You're doing something. Go see haveaheartcayman.com. Okay? Just make yourself aware of what's going on. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I think we really need to speak to, as charitable givers, we all want to see our donations hit the bottom line. Well, uh, I can tell you for a fact that nothing less happens at Have a Heart. And furthermore, I, I, Jennifer, would you please kind of tell us, um, you know, the buying power of a dollar bill in uh, Health City versus somewhere else, and and just you know what it takes to to help a child have a heart surgery, because the numbers are staggeringly, um, I don't want to say affordable, but they're they're staggeringly less than what anybody would would could could imagine. Well. To speak to that, um, it's important to understand that Have a Heart Cayman Islands is a registered nonprofit entity unto itself. So we work in partnership with Health City, and we couldn't do it without them. But we are separate. So while the hospital is a for-profit entity, they're extremely committed to the nonprofit component. So we work in, in symbiosis, for lack of a better term. We're able to, as a hospital... For our, our paying patients, we're able to reduce the cost of surgeries um, up to about 75% of what they would be paying overseas. So that same, that same reduction, but even more, is how we work in partnership with Health City. So Health City will absorb the, the non-consumables, the, the intangible costs, as it were, and have a heart pays for the rest. So the dollars that we raise, every dollar that is donated to have a heart is goes directly to the cost of surgery. So no overhead, no administration comes out of our donations. And that's something that makes us very unique. Um, I was talking to you when you were here just about how philanthropy, the, the landscape of philanthropy has changed so significantly in the last decade. And it started happening when um, the, the consumer or the donor starting to get more savvy about wanting to see where their dollars went, wanting to have their nonprofits be more accountable. And there were a lot of pie charts and things that started to come out, and people were very shocked um, at the amount or the ratio of what went into administration, marketing, etc., versus what went into the actual, the charity itself. So when Harry and Dr. Shetty, when they started this, the, the the basic cornerstone of this organization is that zero dollars are taken out of donations for that. Now, obviously, there are costs that are incurred. And because of our board, because of Jean and Harry and some other very strong board members, they actually, out of their own pockets, cover any outside costs. So that's how we can stay committed to the, the every dollar promise. You, you know, Jennifer, um, not that you were, but I want to make sure I'm not dismissive about the generosity that is provided by your board. Uh, obviously, uh, Harry, um, 
coolest guy I've ever met with uh, with with a pair of red leather shoes on. They were better than mine. He wasn't wearing socks the second day either. But uh, <laughs> Harry Harry is nothing nothing less than an extraordinary gentleman with a heart much bigger than he is. But he's got uh, Gene on board. He's got uh, Doctor Shetty on board. You know now. Tell us quickly that who rounds out the board and that brings all that generosity? Because as Jennifer said, listeners, I don't know if you caught it or not, but 100% of your dollar that you donate to this charity goes to help a kid live. Literally. Let, let, let's call it what it is. We're talking about heart surgery. Without it, the kid dies. So your dollar goes 100%. And and the rest of those board members are uh, kind of notable in their own right, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a, a strong leadership in our board. So Harry Chandy, who we've mentioned, is the founder and chairman. Gene Thompson, who you've spoken with as well, and I think your listeners have heard, he's uh, on our board of directors. We have Mark Vandeveld, who's the CEO of DART uh, here in the Cayman Islands. We have James Bergstrom, who's a partner in a law firm here. Jason Feltz, who's the CEO of Virgin Produced, uh, part of the Virgin Group that you're all familiar with. Eric Bush, who is a government liaison for the Cayman Islands Commonwealth Office. He's currently stationed in London. And Mrs. Susan Oldie, who's a entrepreneur and philanthropist uh, who's been extremely supportive of helping raise awareness and also helping us raise funds, so we have a, a we have a, <laughs> a incredible leadership. It's a joy to work with them, and each such solid uh, successes in their own right, and to have their passion um, sort of unleashed into helping save lives. It's again, it's one of those things that I speak of. It's these pieces that seem impossible that come together and make all of this work. Yeah, that that's interesting um, that you you say that Jennifer because when you described um, uh, let let me segue for a moment folks Jennifer wears two hats and um, her her passion without question is have a heart and uh, but she also provides services to to health city so she does have two hats on but she described health city to me in almost the same way I I, I get have a heart and that is this this beautiful thing that was imagined had every obstacle in the world in front of it to actually come to realization. And yet, somehow, through the grace of God or whatever the clouds dropped down, it happened. And, and is that not a fact with have a heart? Same thing. It's just like, wow. It, it, regardless of all the obstacles, regardless of all the barriers, you know, kids are being saved on a daily basis. Absolutely. And we've been, I mean, we have served children now from 21 countries. So while the majority of our children come from the Caribbean, uh, the a majority of those children come from Haiti, but also throughout the Caribbean, through Central and South America. But we've gone as far as Fiji, Mongolia, Uganda, because the word starts to spread. And, you know, I just... I encourage you just for a second to try to imagine what it feels like when your heart doesn't work. Um, you know, you're at the very least, it's being very tired easily, 
breathlessness, not being able to play with the other kids, not being able to go to school in many cases. So these children come not only physically at the end of their life, but also emotionally and their parents as well. And what happens, it's like a, a pebble in the water, the ripple effect of a life-saving heart surgery. These kids are like water on a dry sponge. It's almost like you get to watch them come back to life when oxygen starts flowing, their fingers and toes, you know, the, their lips become pinker, their enthusiasm. And you saw those two boys that were about yeah. a week and a half post-surgery and they're alive. And that I don't mean that in the sense that they are living. I mean, they are alive and their parents are alive. You know, we had a mother very early on in the program, say, you know, she spent every day of her daughter's life wondering if this was the day she would lose her. And after the surgery, it hit her. She would start planning for school. And then it hit her. Someday she could plan a wedding. So these stories, we, they're real. They happen to us. They happen around us. They happen with us. And it's such a privilege. And everyone in the hospital from, you know, the administration to the housekeepers to the doctors and clinicians, we all get to play a part in watching these children heal and, you know, it, and go home and have a, have a chance at a life that most of us, you know, are, are blessed to be able to take for granted. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I get the privilege of doing this via um, a sponsor called MyWorldMeds.com. And I know that um, Have a Heart uh, runs, you know, in part on some other pretty cool major sponsors. Could you take a moment and, and go ahead and, and let, let, let's, um, you know, give some, uh, give some props and respect to these guys that uh, – help you guys run. I think you told me about, you know, 737s at cost and, and, and a big telephonic uh, provider in the Caymans. Um, tell us about your sponsors, Jennifer. Sure. With, with pleasure. Um, we've got some amazing support. And as the word starts to spread within our community about what's going on, um, more and more people want to know how they can help. So we had a, a, a telephone provider or a, you know, a, a logistical support from, from one of these providers on the island, Digicel, and they actually donated their corporate plane for 34 flights uh, to Haiti to help us pick up and return children who needed surgery. So anyone who has ever owned or leased a private jet, that's a massive, massive cost they incurred on our behalf. We have some private jet owners who will help us with transportation. Even our our government, our country's airline, Cayman Airways, has been yes. incredibly generous helping to uh, reduce the cost of charters when we've had to do so. Usually the onus of transportation falls on the family or uh, local rotary or something like that. They'll, they'll raise for that. But some countries like Haiti, they don't have the option. So we we work with these entities to try and provide transportation. And you we have work, some other work, partnerships as well. Yeah, you work closely with some other charitable groups, don't you? We do. You kind yeah. of collaborate? Absolutely. We do. We have partnerships. Obviously, the, the biggest partner is being Health City Cayman Islands. But we could never find all the children. 
Um, so there's there's organizations in country for most of the places that we work with. Haiti Cardiac Alliance in Haiti is an extraordinary organization uh, that does the screenings and ensures that the children have their documentation, etc. We've had a, a, a joy of working with them and actually going into Haiti many times doing screenings and helping with transportation. Uh, we work with Samaritan's Purse Children's Heart Project, which is just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, part of Samaritan's Purse, which is, was founded by Franklin Graham. So Samaritan's Purse, the, the major organization, does a lot of relief, uh, rescue type stuff after uh, natural disasters. And, but the Children's Heart Project, they, they are just so well organized and so beautifully managed. Um, so the children that come from Bolivia, Mongolia, and Uganda come through them. So we're We've learned a lot from working with them. They've been doing this a long time, and they are fantastic mentors for us and fantastic partners. Um, World Pediatric Project, Operation Blessing, which is another fantastic organization, which primarily does relief. But you know, when these children they you know they cut land on their doorstep, we've we've been really fortunate to work with them and getting some getting some of their children healed as well. So we've it's not something you can do alone. Obviously, it's finding the children. Uh, the logistical part of language becomes an issue and then funding. So we're all, there's a lot of organizations out there trying to make sure that children who their lives can be changed with a heart surgery. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, we're eager to, to do that. You know, Jennifer, uh, I, I really appreciate you um, elaborating if you would, as to all the different organizations that collaborate to make something, you know, a positive end result. Um, a lot of times we get caught up in our giving as to thinking that it's a end all. And um, I think that just, you know, every, you know, transportation is a huge part of, of the uh, barriers that we face with trying to help children throughout the Caribbean and the world. Um, you know, getting them to where we have the solution is, is a tough part. And, you know, hearing about all these other organizations that bond together, they're not caught up in their own initiative. They're caught up in a solution. And I think that's very, very strong and something that uh, I would ask our listeners is, uh, look, Radio A1A media listeners are probably the most heartfelt, charitable, philanthropic group of people you could ever identify. In fact, not all, but a significant part of our listeners um, live by a mantra of party with a purpose. And, you know, as I said, I, I reached out with a call to action to go out and look at the Health City uh, Cayman Island website and understand what have a heart cayman.com is supporting i mean see the state-of-the-art medical facilities that these children are being afforded for literally life-saving operations uh the the collaboration between the two um you know I, I promised jennifer i would i would keep separation you know it's almost like church and state kind of thing but quite honestly um one can't happen without the other, and and they both just thrive on each other. And uh, great yeah, organization. We, we definitely we wouldn't, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do any of the work that we're doing without Health City's commitment. So that's extraordinary. And also, also the Cayman Islands government 
and it's the, I mean, they help us get the visas for these children. There's so many pieces of the puzzle to find a child, screen the child, ensure the child has the documentation, has a parent that can travel. Um, there's just, there's so many entities working together to make this possible. And what's exciting is, again, you're identifying your audience um, of not only people who are already have a love of the Caribbean and an understanding of the Caribbean and the, the vibe and the mentality, but also, again, when you describe Party with a Purpose, like you say, these are people that are already invested in making a difference. So it's fantastic to be to have have a heart introduced to your audience. I'm so grateful. Uh, well, thank you. We, you know, uh, again, it was a privilege to come down and spend some time with you and really get to learn um, far more of the culture than I ever anticipated picking up on while I was there. You were you were a wonderful host. This, I guess you say that host, hostess. I don't want to be uh, uh, incur- politically. I'm happy with either. either. Okay, way. well, you you are a great pal to hang out with. How about that? <laughs> uh, um, you know, Jennifer, we we would be remiss in not telling people, um, but telling people, telling our listeners that are people uh, exactly how today. What can they do for Have a Heart Cayman Island? You, you and I are working together on some giving solutions, which aren't there yet. But, I mean, you know, my, my buddy Lyle Wilson, he's hustling our guys for a buck to go on a cruise. I think I should be able to get the same buck for Have a Heart Cayman Island. Well, that would be fantastic. How do they um, get that dollar to you? Well... They go on the website, and there is a donate option, which gives them some wire transfer details. It has all of our contact information, so if there's another, you know, another way they want to donate, contact. I'll be happy to, you know, respond to that. Also, take a moment to go on, like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, because awareness is absolutely paramount to this carrying on. Everybody knows someone who knows someone who knows a kid. And that's how we're going to reach the children who need us the most. So I, I really challenge your listeners to help us spread the word. Um, it's well, Valentine's tell you what, Day. It's a it's a beautiful you know it's a beautiful day to talk about giving and hearts and and all of these pieces of the puzzle that people can really make a difference. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I, I've I've got a little latitude with my sponsor. Uh, myworldmeds.com and not to take away from my buddy Lyle Wilson's cruise um, venture for every dollar that's donated over the next 10 days my sponsor is going to match that dollar so we're not going to take anything out of Lyle's fund Uh, in fact we're going to double it up so um, everybody have a heart cayman.com haveaheartcayman.com and you know you teased about it Jennifer but if anybody wants information who and where do they call go straight on to haveaheartcayman.com or haveaheartci on Instagram haveaheartcayman on Facebook and one of the things that I have found to be effective the first time I went to Haiti I called Harry from the hotel the first night crying and just said why are we doing this? It's endless. 
it's just child after child after child. It, it, I was completely overwhelmed. And he told me the parable about the, the man on the beach with the starfish, which I'm sure being Caribbean listeners, everyone knows, but just to, you know, to tell the very short version of that, it's, you know, man comes by after a boat and sees an old man after a storm throwing starfish in the sea. He said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm saving the starfish. He goes, you can't save them all. And the man picked up a starfish and threw it in the water. And he said, but I saved that one. And that, the simplicity of that has motivated me personally, but also those of us that are deeply involved with Have a Heart, the idea that every child matters, one child at a time. And that's how, that's how we just carry on. And it's one dollar at a time, one child at a time, one heart at a time. And, and that's the only way, that's the only way to do this because it is completely overwhelming to think of, you know, how do I give enough money to make a difference or how can I save them all? And it is simply by just putting one foot in front of the other and, and taking action. Yeah. I, you know, be, being a kind of an old Florida boy and a lot of people from my part of the world, we just say, uh, get her done. So you guys just kind of <laughs> stepped up and uh, get her done. Um, uh, we love that. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Um, this is part of the uh, four or five part series uh, that's going with uh, a little flexibility there, you might notice. But uh, you, the information you shared was incredible. Um, you know as well as I do from speaking with my good buddy, Harry T., that we are totally committed at Radio A1A, Radio A1A Media, Cruising Country Radio, and every other cotton-picking radio station we seem to have going on, because we've got a bunch, uh, to helping support Have a Heart Cayman Islands. We love you guys. We love the work you're doing. And uh, as I say, we're going to keep letting our listeners know how they can support you. And uh, in turn... I hope that maybe soon we'll be able to put together a sign-up on the Radio A1A website to get a um, monthly news update from Have a Heart. Absolutely. And please thank your sponsor for us. Uh, I I didn't know that when I came on today that they were going to match the donations. That's just so exceedingly generous. And it really, it's, it's another example of how none of this is possible, but here we are. Um, so thank, please thank them for that. That's very, very kind. And I look forward to speaking to you again. I can talk about have a heart all day, all night. So anytime. Well, we're definitely going to bring you back on. This is old DC coming to you with our weekly update on healthcare. This is uh, one of our parts of a four to five part series on healthcare in paradise. And, um, you know, we've got, we've got alternative solutions. We've got, uh, work that's being done. Uh, on behalf of us as uh, you know as a society in a human- humanitarian manner that that you couldn't draw up on a on a piece of paper on your wildest day it's beautiful stuff so um check back in with us we're going to be here tomorrow i believe um with either again the founding director Gene Thompson of Health City and or uh another gentleman that's a star in his own right and that is Shamari Scott so check back in with us. Thank you, Jen. Have a heart. Cayman. Thank you so much. Dot com.